3: You hear the music. Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The League Wraparound. This is the show that gets you caught up on anything and everything happening around the National Football League. Coming up on this edition of the program, we have an interview with Nora Natish. Nora is the host of the Be Reported NFL Digest on the MTMB Sports Network, and she's also the founder of the nonprofit organization, the BL Foundation, which is dedicated to helping young people attend college and helping them achieve their dreams. Coming up on this edition of the program, on this interview, we recap the New York Giants game against the Washington Commanders. We also discuss the Giants' offense and defense. We also talk about Saquon Barkley, head coach Brian Dable. And, of course, we discuss the Giants' next game against the Philadelphia Eagles and much more. Plus, we have a preview of Week 14 and Week 14's game picks. And that's all coming up on this edition of the program as she's always, uh, Nora never uh, sees to amazes us. So we have her on the program and of course we have, of course, as I mentioned earlier, preview of week 14 and week 14's game pick. So that's coming up on this edition of the program. So week 14 is uh, shaping up to be an exciting one. And of course, never a dull moment in the national football league. So definitely it's gonna be a good one coming up with Nora and Tisch, and of course, with week 14's most important games That's all coming up on this edition of the program. And as always, before we begin with that, let's give you the scores from Week 14's Most Important Games, In excuse me, Week 13's Most Important Games in the National Football League. Let's give you the scores from Week 13's Most Important Games in the National Football League. Never a dull moment, and definitely exciting games. So let's jump right to it. We had the Thursday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots, Buffalo would go on to win that one, 24 to 10. The Green Bay Packers squared off against the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers loves going to Chicago, handling his business, beating the Bears at Soldier Field, final score, 28 to 19. The New York Jets squared off against the Minnesota Vikings in a very close game, but in the end, the Vikings would hold on to beat the Jets, final score, 27 to 22 the Philadelphia Eagles handled their business beating the, the beating the Tennessee Titans 35 to 10. We had the Miami Dolphins going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in this game, not done for the season, but however Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant in this year's NFL draft, well he was Mr. Relevant in this game and also thanks to in part to his defense They handled their business. The 49ers would beat the Dolphins, final score 33 to 17. Patrick Mahomes squared off against Joe Burrow as the Cincinnati Bengals squared off against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a tight one in KC, but the Bengals would go on to beat the Chiefs, final score 27 to 24. Sunday Night Football: The Indianapolis Colts squared off against the Dallas Cowboys. It was all Cowboys. Dallas would go on to beat the Colts, 54-19. to And what a thriller it was on Monday night between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady continuing to add to his legend, proving why he's the GOAT. He would throw a game-winning touchdown pass to Rashad White, their backup running back. Buccaneers come from behind to beat the Saints in a close one, 17-16. And those are your most important scores those are your scores from the most important games from Week 13 in the National Football League. Now, time for my top three storylines. First, the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are in a five-game winning streak. They handled their business, beating the Miami Dolphins 33 to 17. So while the 49ers enjoyed their five, so while the 49ers enjoy a five-game winning streak. The 49ers will have to be without Jimmy Garoppolo for a while. It appeared that he would be out for the season suffering a broken foot injury, but the good news is that Jimmy G will not have season-ending surgery. However, he will be out for the remainder of the regular season, but he will be back in time for the playoffs. All he'll need is rehab. So in the meantime, the 49ers will have to rely on, quote-unquote, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, to handle handle his business, to handle it every step of the, to handle his business the rest of the way for the 49ers. Now they're going to need a lot out of Brock Purdy, but the good news is that Brock is surrounded by a, one of the top deep, well, the top defense currently in the National Football League, the number one defense with the Forty ers You've got Eric Armstead, of course, Nick Bosa. Fred Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shahir, Dre Greenlaw, of course, Talanoa Hufanga, uh, Diamador Lenore, Jimmy Ward. And, of course, you've got Christian McCaffrey, who's been a steal, who was the the winner of the trade deadline for the 49ers this season. Of course, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. You can't go wrong with the 49ers. So they don't have Jimmy G for the remainder of the year. Again, the good news is that he will be back in time for the playoffs. So Brock Purdy, he can do enough to get by because he's got a great team surrounding him with that running game. Solid receivers, one of the, uh, the second best tight end in the league with George Kittle and the top defense in the league. The 49ers don't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Again, they're in the midst of a five-game winning streak. And again, Jimmy Garoppolo was solid, was automatic for the 49ers, but the good news is that even though he suffered a broken foot in the game against the Miami Dolphins, the good news is that he, will, he won't he will be out. He will be back in time for the playoffs. So, again, he won't be – he won't – the timetable is expected for him will be seven to eight weeks, so he won't have season-ending surgery. He'll just rely on rehab, and that's good news because the 49ers – you know, they've been through a lot this year with the Trey Lance situation. Trey out for the year. Jimmy's gonna be out for the remainder of the season, but will be back for the playoffs. And again, the 49ers have got they've got all of their key their core players intact. They have their running game with Christian McCaffrey. And um again Eli Mid, Elijah Mitchell is gonna be out as well. But again, they have McCaffrey They've got Kyle Yuschek, they've got Brandon Ayuk, they've got Deebo Samuel. Jawan Jennings has been effective. Of course, George Kittle and that all-world defense. The 49ers should be set going forward for the remainder of the season. My next storyline is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles bounce back after that loss on Monday night to the Commanders and they've lost three and excuse me they've won three in a row beating the Colts, beating Green Bay on Sunday night and just dismantling the Tennessee Titans. Jalen Hurts, MVP candidate. Offensively, they're playing well with the likes of Miles Sanders and of course they have Kenneth Gainwell who's played well on the running side the the running game as well, providing a big spark on the running with the running attack. And of course, you've got A.J. Brown, who's playing his best. Devontae Smith's played well. On the defensive side, you've got Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue, who've been nice additions to this team as well. And, of course, Fletcher Cox is playing well. Philadelphia, I don't see signs of them slowing down anytime soon. Again, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they're looking to take that to the Meadowlands of New Jersey to play their NFC East rival New York Giants. What can you say about Philly? They've played well. Particularly, of course, as I mentioned earlier, their MVP candidate, Jalen Hurts. I don't see Philly slowing down anytime soon. And for my last storyline, Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun was was rusty in his first start of this NFL season, but he did what he needed to do, and it was right for, right for him to you know he didn't play bad he played decently against his former team the Houston Texans but they're going to need him to pick it pick his game up going up against the division rival the AFC North rival Cincinnati Bengals in the Battle of Ohio Deshaun you know he was throw, he wasn't i mean he was thrown in the line of fire but he did what he needed to do to get the job done thanks to the play of his defense and doing what they needed to do to get the job done against and his former team, the Houston Texans. So Deshaun, he didn't play bad, but he's gonna have to pick up his game against the in-state rival, the Cincinnati Bengals. Deshaun Watson, of course, was of course we know we don't have to be a broken record. He was met with a lot of booze in his return in this NFL season, going up against his former team, the Houston Texans. He did enough to get the job done. Wasn't perfect. You could see he was rusty, but nevertheless, he did the job done, did what he had to do to make things happen, but he's going to have to get it done and get it fixed in a hurry and correct all of those mistakes as he goes on. It goes up against the in-state rival, the Cincinnati Bengals in this game coming up in week 14. So that takes care of my top three storylines. Before we get on out of here, we have some important news to pass along. Vaughn Miller Will be out for the remainder of the season. He suffered a, a devastating knee injury on Thanksgiving Day against the Detroit Lions, and he was originally out for two to four weeks. He had surgery, and it appeared that he it appeared in the beginning that he would play. He would return sometime later in the year, but it was revealed that he was placed on injured reserve, and it was later revealed that he tore his ACL. So Vaughn is going to be out for the year, and that's going to be a tough loss for the Buffalo Bills. They're definitely going to need him, and that's a tough break for them as their defense. Their defense should be okay, but nevertheless, it's going to be tough because Vaughn, this year, he had eight sacks before it was revealed that he suffered this ACL injury. So again, Bills linebacker Vaughn Miller is going to be out for the remainder of the year with an ACL injury, and that's a tough blow. To their defense buffalo is going to be just fine but again it's going to be tough because now that puts a lot of pressure on their other defensive starters and of course pressure on the offensive side with josh miller and i mean excuse me uh, josh allen and Stephon diggs and a lot of those guys definitely gonna have to make a big contribution and definitely got to step up to the plate and you know fill that void for vaughn that's always a tough and vaughn was doing so well in his first year. But, again, Vaughn Miller going to be out for the remainder of the year. Also, Odell Beckham Jr., he had a setback in his possible return to the NFL this year. For those of you that may have not been familiar, Odell most likely won't. he won't be playing the remainder of the 2022 season. He had a setback in his return because they were, the Cowboys did not – offered to him largely due to concerns of not of him not being of them not being able to see him work out in person also there were questions about his ability availability to play this year and that's a tough break because um the cowboys were worried that they didn't get to see him in action moving and running routes and so that's a tough blow so they're saying look it looks like as though we won't see odell at least until the start of the 2023 season. And that's a a tough break for him because he also met with other teams as well. But that's always a tough blow when you're coming back from an ACL injury. We thought we were going to see Odell at his best. Look like we're going to have to wait until at least 2023, up until the next NFL season. And then finally, Baker Mayfield was released by the Carolina Panthers earlier in the week, but just like that was claimed off of waivers by the Los Angeles Rams. Again, for those of you that may know the situation with the Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford won't be playing. He will be on injured reserve and he won't be playing the remainder of the season due to a um, an injury. And also he had a battle and con- uh, battled a, a devastating concussion and uh, was not going to be ready for the remainder of the year. They tried their hand at the backup position. That didn't work out, so they claimed Baker Mayfield off of waivers. So Baker Mayfield, it appeared to be that his NFL career was over with, but unfortunately, but fortunately was uh, claimed, was claimed by the LA Rams. So we'll see how that situation plays out going forward for the remainder of the year. All right, when we come back from the break, we'll have an interview with Nora Natish. Nora is the host of the V report and the NFL Digest on the MTMB Sports Network, and she's a founder of the nonprofit organization, the VL Foundation, doing great work sending kids to school, helping them to go to college. In the meantime, Nora's on the program. We recap the New York Giants game against the Washington Commanders. Also, we discuss the Giants' offense and defense. We discuss Saquon Barkley, also head coach Brian Dable. Also, we discussed the Giants' next game against the Philadelphia Eagles and so much more. Nora is coming up after the break. I'm Ed Robinson, and you're listening to the Lead Wraparound.
1: more than once
0: actually
2: do i have to say
0: yes you do
1: in the car before my kids pta meeting
0: really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
1: i never win and tell
0: well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details winter season is here and discount tire wants you to stay safe on the road Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Let's
4: get you taken care
0: of. Everyone deserves to feel connected. That's why Cox has high-speed internet to fit any budget. For real. Learn more at Cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable, one per household. Application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC.
1: Other restrictions apply.
4: Former Washington commander, this will be a 48-yard attempt from the left hash. nose kick is good. Hands it off to Barkley. Saquon Barkley! Touchdown, Giants! The fake to Barkley. Jones throws. End zone. Touchdown! Isaiah Hodgins! Crowd. This will be a 58-yard attempt. Here we go. Longest field goal in Giants history is 57 yards. Love the crowd smartly quieting each other down. From 58, Gano's kick is short. Oh! And this game ends in a 20-20 tie. And they'll do it all over again in two weeks. How do you like that, Kenny? Coaches and players don't know how to feel after tie games in the NFL. I fortunately never ended in a tie because I do want to feel one way or another. I'm either feeling good or I'm pissed. One or the other.
3: (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome back to the program. That audio was courtesy of the National Football League and Fox Sports. Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma on the call of the game between NFC East rivals, Washington Commanders, and the New York Giants from Week 13 from December the 4th of 2022. The game went to overtime and ended in a 20-20 to 20 tie. To talk more about this game, including head coach Brian Dable, Saquon Barkley, and many others representing the G-Men and, of course, the Giants' next game, a big one against their another NFC East rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. We want to welcome her back to the program. She is the host of The V Report and also the NFL Digest for the MTMB Sports Podcast Network, also doing great things with her nonprofit organization, the BL Foundation, does great work as always. La- ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome her back to the program, Nora Natish. Hey, Nora, welcome back.
5: Hi, Ed, thank you so much for having me on your show.
3: You're welcome, thank you so much as always again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the program. Nora, I know you have a lot to say about this, so let's cut right to the chase. (laughs) What are your takeaways from the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants tie stadium and uh, the New Jersey Meadowlands in East Rutherford?
5: I have never been more frustrated with my Giants, especially when we were doing such – we're having a really decent season. Even with all the injuries, all the drama, we're still pulling out wins. We were – underdogs to everybody every every week, and we are having this terrible trend towards down because, unfortunately, we just keep getting injured. We can't stay healthy. Our players are looking a mess, and this is a perfect example. This game was a winnable game for the Giants. All the Giants had to do was keep that strong defense towards the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. We would have had we wouldn't have even had to go to overtime if we did not let Heineke throw a twenty eight yard pass to um Joan Doxon. And that shouldn't even have happened. It was like we had like we let Heineke carve us in the last two minutes of the game. And that was just that's his bad that's just bad defense. That's bad plays. That, that was terrible. Because we we wouldn't have with to overtime. We wouldn't have put Gano in a situation where he would have to kick what? I think the, the longest field goal in the Giants is 358 yards. And, and for him to still come up short, because I know he got leg can do more. Like, I just, this should have never happened. Like, Giants, this shouldn't happen. Like, I, I was, I was stressed out this game because I know this game is crucial. Our division, the NFC East, is no longer the NFC least. We are a dominant division. So it's just like this tie is going to hurt us later on the, while
3: we get into the playoffs. Yeah, but Nora, one thing is for sure, when you get a tie, it changes everything, like you said, especially yep. we're now in the, the second half of the NFL season and that playoff picture, the window is starting to close a little bit as those teams fight for wild card spots yep. and possibly a division title. Normally, I like to start off on the offensive side, but I want to flip it a little bit. I want to start off on the defensive side. You mentioned about the defense letting Taylor Heineke make big plays when necessary, including the touchdown to to, uh, Jahan Dotson late in the fourth quarter, but there were a couple of people that made some some key plays on the defensive side. Julian Love, he had 11 tackles in this game. He led the Giants in tackles in this game. Just give me your thoughts on Julian and his play against the Commanders.
5: So I feel like because I will say, the first, I will say, what, three quarters? Our defense is playing really strong. I know they're tired. Trust me, I get you're tired. But um, I, I was actually proud of our team, of my team, while we are missing key elements to our team. Like, but we were doing really well. That's one thing I love about the Giants team this year. That's why I'm excited about football this year. Team itself is really giving it all. They are playing hard for table, and I love that. But it's like the same thing i say about all the time with my Knicks. you got to stay consistent all four quarters. You can't slip up. Like, you are a professional player for a reason. I, I was happy to see the Giants do well. I'm not going to lie. I was very, very happy about that. Because um, do you love having 11, 11 tackles? Beautiful. I love me some Dexter Lawrence. I'm a huge fan. He always going to give me a essay sack. Thank you, Dexter. Like, it's just like I see – I like my defense. I like my defense a lot, but we just got to. We always, for some reason, the fourth quarter, we start giving up plays that aren't. aren't that we given up our games. We did not have to lose them. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have tied the Commanders. That shouldn't have happened. We should have lost the freaking Cowboys on the same game. Winnable games. We should have lost Detroit. You know Detroit took out half our team. You don't like still win. But um, I can't be up on our defense because, at the end of the day, I know what my real
3: problem is here.
5: <laughs> but we have to do right, well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm stressed <laughs> about my Eagles game.
3: Oh, yeah, that, that's going to be a big one. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But Julian did his thing leading the team in tackles with 11. And you mentioned about Dexter Lawrence. Dexter had a great year this year. He had a sack in this game. And also, Jahad Ward and Jamari and Ellis also had a sack in this game. But two gentlemen that have really been stalwarts for the Giants' defense this year, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari, they both had sacks in this game. Just give me your thoughts on Kayvon and Aziz's play in this game.
5: Kayvon was, when he got drafted, I just screamed because I was so excited.
3: I was like, this
5: kid's a monster. I've seen him play in Oregon. I'm excited. I can't wait to see how he adapts to my diet's defense. And I've been nothing but happy, nothing but happy. Um, <clears throat> so I has 26 tackles this year, two sacks, and I'm just like, this is his rookie year. I can't wait to see what this kid does next. I really can't. I've, he's been such a delight to watch, and I just want to keep him healthy or don't let him get hurt. Like, okay, at this point. I can't have any more of my defensive
3: men get hurt no more. And, um, you know, I want to get now to uh, the the receiving side for a moment. Uh, Darius Slayton, big play Slayton, uh, six catches, 90 yards in this game, and he definitely turned it up. He's had some – he's battled some injuries throughout the course of this year, but he really stepped it up against Washington. Just give me your thoughts on Darius and his play.
5: I'm going to lie, like, Slayton, especially when he's on – he said, he's know, he's, he's, he's a decent receiver. I, the Giants, you know, the they're, they're, they're where they struggle is in the receiving core area. But Slayton has been, like you said, each week continuously getting better, and I we need him this game. He did well. He you know like you said he gave us six uh, receptions for ninety yards. We need we needed him, and he he always has those plays where he like our games be trending downward, but it's like, like I said, that ball and make a different chain that momentum. Get that first down as necessary. So, like, I, um, Slayton, you know, as, as, as everybody knows on course, so it's course news, the Giants do need, a, need more receivers. But Slayton has been been holding us down, and we are doing the best we can when we got.
3: All right, I want to get now into Isaiah Hopkins five catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Haven't seen a lot of him this year, but he came through in this game against Washington. Yep. Just give me your thoughts on Isaiah and his play.
5: I'm, I'm I'm happy to see Isaiah get out of his head because he had a
3: horrible
5: game. I believe that was against um, Detroit. So I'm happy to see him trend upwards because he he does he did do well this game and he definitely was necessary. So I like I'm happy that these receivers aren't keeping you know the those misplays or those mis those those bad games in their heads because these are our receivers are young and we don't want them to start feeling that. That extra pressure that New York puts on you, especially at a younger age, because then they're gonna just be, well, always hurt, or they're, they're always out, or they just stuff out playing bad. So I, I'm happy that Isaiah Higg, um, Higgins was able, Higgins was able to um, that one give a touchdown, but two also recovered from what he
3: what he did in Detroit. All right, and of course, you know, the, uh, Nora, the NFL is a quarterbacks league. Daniel Jones has had yeah. a lot of, um, has been under, under the microscope since his arrival in New York. Hasn't always been the best, but for the most part, he's handled his own this year since head coach Brian Dable has been at the helm as the head coach. And he, he did, had a solid performance, uh, completed 25 out of 31 passes, yards, mm-hmm. and a touchdown pass. And he had 12 carries for 71 yards. Give me your thoughts on Daniel and his play against the Commanders.
5: Danny actually didn't look bad. Like um, again, Danny, I'm so happy that Danny can run. He's a quarterback that is so mobile, and I think that's in, because of what this league has become. That's a need. Like each team needs a quarterback that's mobile. So I'm I'm really grateful for Danny's speed he's overall. Danny and uh, Taylor Heineke were just so evenly matched in the quarterback play. I feel like they were just, yeah, like um, Danny had one touchdown, but overall Danny was running. And is that what that can if we if we need a first a first down and every, everybody is covered, Danny's gonna run it in and almost kill himself every single time to get that first down. I appreciate that. And Danny has been getting dragged all over the place on sports media by me and everybody else because it's just, again, we need you need a solid quarterback and more accurate quarterback. That's where I think Danny's struggles with his accuracy, but he is able to Definitely makes some things happen with this game. I wasn't mad at Danny for this game. I, um, I just wish he could have pulled out the win.
3: Yeah, Danny's definitely uh, been under the microscope, but he's had a decent year, and it would would have continued to add on had the Giants gotten the win. It wasn't wasn't the case that time. I want to stay. Excuse me. I want to stay just with uh, Daniel for a moment. We mentioned about you know, quarterbacks and head coaches having such a unique relationship, especially in the NFL. What's the relationship like, in your opinion, Nora, that Daniel has with uh, Brian Dable? Is it a good relationship? Is it a great relationship? What's the, in your opinion, what's the relationship like between those two?
5: I sometimes feel like Brian Dable's being exhausted with Danny because the way – and, again, in New York City, you need a coach that's going to yell, who's going to cut up, who's going to give all that emotion, because this is how, that's how we are up there. We just are those people. We just get, we need a lot of energy. So I feel like sometimes with Danny, he's actually getting Danny to look at plays more, pay attention to what you're doing wrong, and actually focus on making it right. Like, he, after I see Danny sit down, he has that tablet. He's going over plays. He's going over mistakes. So I feel like that's the difference between – Dable and all of our other coaches that work with Danny, that they actually are pouring into him more, and he's really like rough with him. I'm not gonna lie, he's really getting in on him. Like you're, you are the leader. You are without you, we can't get anything done. We need a quarterback, and it's time for you to step up and play. And I've seen a difference between Danny from last year and this year, like a completely different person. So the relationship may be rocky to some because some people don't like tough love. But at the end of the day. We are 7-4-1, and it's not because of no handholding.
3: Yeah, the NFL is it's a business, and the NFL doesn't just stand for the National Football League. It also stands for not for long, and not for long will you be a coach, and not for long will you be on a team. And sometimes, you know, Coach Dable has to put that tough love, especially when you're in that pressure cooker of New York City. And Daniel, so far so good this year, he's made the most out of it. I want to stay again just with Daniel for a moment. We've seen changes made with the other team in New York with the Zach Wilson, Mike White situation. Yep. Was there ever, ever a moment, Lenora, where you saw Daniel possibly go through a Zach Wilson situation or were Giants fans and management like rallying behind Daniel to get it fixed and knowing that he could do it coming off of the Eli Manning era?
5: Well, when I will say, when we did come up to Eli Manning era, we just literally, like, I felt like, oh, we drafted a younger Eli. This guy who looks like Eli, he kind of walks like Eli, he kind of goofy like Eli. So I was just like, okay, it's not going to be that bad. But then it's hard to go from a quarterback that you have for almost 10 years and then go to somebody else. Like, actually, I think we had Eli for more than 10 years. But so I like, have a shift like that to go to a different quarterback. It is hard. Especially New Yorkers. New Yorkers, like if you, New York fan base is rough. I ain't gonna lie, they're rough. They're not gonna give you. it's not gonna be a bunch of hand holding there at all. It's gonna be yeah, it's 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 gonna be rough. So I will say, Danny has definitely came into his own in New York. I feel like with the the atmosphere and everything, because he was Danny Dying for a little bit. That did happen. So like. I feel like he, you know, it can swallow you up. You're absolutely correct. But I feel like he's doing a great job at balancing it because you see it, you see it even his rookie years now. Like, you see him starting to evolve, get comfortable. The team's starting to support him. He has the players actually listening to him. They're all working together in a different way. Like, for the past two years, the Giants have been really bad. Like, really bad. Everybody's dysfunctional. We have everybody hurt. Everybody's going over the place. Danny's hurt. But now we see, like, how the team all comes together. Even that one game when Saquon Barkley had to run a wildcat uh, position, because Danny got hurt, but Danny still got him down the game. That keeps your team behind you. That keeps your team motivated to want to fight and win, win for you, which we actually won that crazy game. But it was just like that wouldn't have happened if Danny didn't get comfortable with the team. That wouldn't have happened if the team didn't have your back.
3: All right. I just want to stay again with Daniel for a moment. Do you think he's the long-term answer in New York, or do you think you are and Giants fans are taking it season by season?
5: Season by season. I do not think Daniel Jones is the long-term answer for New York. I feel like um, unless unless the accuracy changes, he has to get more accurate, but unless it does, we're going to probably be shopping. We have a great uh, draft uh, class coming in this year, especially with quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure they're going to probably shop.
3: All right, fair enough. And speaking of not looking to shop anytime soon, the all-world running back, Saquon Barkley. In this game, Barkley had 18 carries for 63 yards and a rushing touchdown. Give me your thoughts on Saquon and his play against Washington.
5: I will go on this ledge. I feel like Saquon's hurt, and he doesn't want to tell anybody he's hurt. I feel like, um, yes, this game – Yes, he gave us a touchdown, but Saquon was. I also I feel like we were running Saquon down. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna say it. I feel like the Giants are running him down. I feel like he's exhausted, and he just, "Hey, I'm doing my best." But at the same time, I do feel like Saquon is hurt in some way because this is not Saquon from the fr- um from the first few games. This is now he's like there's clear holes he's not hitting, and this game particularly better, but then Danny outran you in this game. You're my running back. I want you to run more yards than my quarterback. So I will say that I love Saquon. I do not want to see Saquon leave. I don't want to see that happen. But I definitely I definitely think something's not right. Like he's been off for a few games.
3: I want to stay just with Saquon for a moment. I mean, he is extremely important to this team. I mean, yeah, we talked about yep. uh, Danny Dimes and whatnot, but Saquon is really... It's his team. I mean, when Saquon gets gone, everybody gets going. What's the status, Nora, on his the con the uh the contract and a long term deal? What's going on with Barkley and that?
5: I think if the Giants do not sign Saquon to a long term deal, but then again, signing a, a running back to a long long term deal is such a risky such a risky move because. It takes one injury, which we all know in any sport, take one injury and it that person's m- mindset. We see, I've seen it, I see it psychologically with Saquon, but he is doing a great job of finding that. I will say that, but I would love him to, as a fan, I, from a fan seat, I would love Saquon to take a long-term deal. As an analyst seat, that's a very risky move. Cause again, we're running back and your receiver, I can receive it, a dozen. They get younger, they get younger. They get faster. You know, the get older. I don't know if the Giants would sign to a long-term deal, but I definitely think they're going to want to do the best they can to keep them around, but make sure you stay as healthy as long as possible. Because I, um, I'm always, like, iffy with those type of things. Because from a fan seat, yes, sorry to a long deal. Let's keep them forever. But as an analyst, you got to be realistic.
3: Yeah, you definitely have to be realistic. But one thing is for sure, he's a -a once-in-a-lifetime talent. I think the Giants should make that move and give him that long-term deal and just, you know, put uh, put all the chips on the table and then give it a shot. You just never know. And I want to stay with Saquon again for a moment. He has had a comeback year. We've seen Geno Smith, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to be a candidate for uh, the league comeback player of the year. What are the chances, in your opinion, Nora, of Saquon winning Comeback Player of the Year?
5: Well, I can get out of the first round, I can see Saquon, and because Saquon scores a few, uh, scores a few amazing touchdowns, has a amazing plays. I can see him winning Comeback Player of the Year. Because again, no, no shade of Geno Smith. He is he. Geno Smith has the comeback human of the year. Like <laughs> the way he was done in the NFL was absolutely atrocious. And I'm so happy that he's having his time to shine, because the way the Seahawks look, everybody written them off the second Russell Wilson left, and this that man has kept the Seahawks in the conference. I believe they are in the wild card seat as well as at this moment, at seven to five. So I def, like I got you guys props to that. But if for the Giants, if Saquon had score a few more touchdowns. We get into the playoffs, and we get out of the first round player of the year. After
3: All right, and injury, speaking of.
5: Definitely.
3: Oh, yeah, most definitely. That injury was real nasty, but he's come back yeah. with the vengeance, and like you said, he stays healthy, can earn that contract, yeah. and also needs to do other things, and i will put him in the running for possibly winning comeback player of the year. And speaking of winning awards, what a, a great job Brian Dable has done in his first year as oh, the head coach yeah. of the New York Giants. and. Uh, Nora, you know, just give me your thoughts on Coach Dable. Just give me, in, in your words, the job he's done so far in his first year as the coach of the G-Men.
5: Dable has been the answer to the Giants'
3: prayers. We needed
5: a coach that, that plays no nonsense, that brings that energy, that actually fights and that makes people want to rally for you to win. I always think of Brian Dable like the Mighty Ducks coach. Because sometimes you have a new coach coming in, you don't know what his vibe is or her vibe is, you're feeling them out. But then once you start to want to win for them and start to want to push for them, you can tell that from as a fan. For the past two years, again, the Giants have been coach-hopping like crazy. We got coaches that are like like hand-holding coaches. We got some coaches that are just very nonchalant. Um, Tom Coughlin was a coach that really wasn't, until he got a little older, I mean, once that got him, Dable just brings such a different energy that lights up the team. It, it, he literally lights a fire under them every single day, which makes those guys get out there and play. They are, their practices are rough. I'm pretty sure they're rough. I've seen some of the, the tapings, like, especially on some of the players' the Instagram pages. They, be, they their practices are not easy. But you can tell that they also enjoy fighting for their coach. They they enjoy again. The Giants now like winning. If you watched this team last year, because a lot of the players did change, really. But you watched this team last year, there was there was no hope. It was like they gave up hope, and hope has definitely been restored in New York. That's for the Giants. That's for the the Bills. That's for the Jets.
3: Yeah, he's definitely restored a lot of hope to the, uh, the New York metropolitan area and those football teams. And you mentioned, uh, I mean, boy, Tom Coughlin was a no-nonsense guy, i tell you that, great teams
5: mm-hmm. during his oh, time yeah. with
3: the Giants, of course, two Super Bowls. And you mentioned Buffalo. Dable's calling card, I mean, he's had a long career so far, but Dable's calling card was in Buffalo the last three seasons as the offensive coordinator, and he worked with a once-in-a-lifetime talent in Josh Allen. Nora, I yep. want to ask you this: What do you think has been the biggest adjustments going from Buffalo and working with Josh Allen to come to the Giants and having to work with Daniel Jones? Question: I I think we saw Josh
5: Allen coming to his own very quickly. Like, Again, yeah, I don't know about you, but I love watching Buffalo play. Like, I, I just like the, how the team operates. I like how. Josh, even though Josh Allen, to me, he always tries to go for the ESF, uh, ESPN highlight, which I'm always like, just get the first down. <laughs> but that young man is a solid quarterback. It's a quarterback that you can build around, a quarterback that you want on your team. I want If Dable can turn Danny Jones into a Josh Allen, oh, we, we're set. Then, then I can see Danny being our answer, answer for our team. I feel like he's slowly starting to come that way because even though Danny starts making stupid plays, but some some of them stupid plays actually turn out okay. But there's a lot for the do So I still feel like he has some more sharpening there. He got to get that boy. I think his, comp- his quarterback confidence got to go up for sure. But I, um, I hope if Dable can do this to me, I don't think it's impossible because I don't think Danny is a bad quarterback. I won't say that. He's not a bad quarterback. I feel like he just really needs more attention in, his, in those areas where it comes to his accuracy and it comes to his awareness. Because sometimes Danny is not, he does not see the whole field. And I understand because a lot of quarterbacks say they, they usually they go to their favorite receiver or they to the person that that comes across their eyes. Danny has to definitely open up his awareness on the field. But I think that Daniel could help him with that because he did it with Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, he could definitely have, make it happen. It's going to, it's going to take time, but it's going to have to come fast. I mean, the NFL, again, you know, there's really yep. little, little to no room for error at all. So you got to make it happen. It's got to gotta make it happen in a, in a quick, fast, and a hurry. And I want to stay just with Dable again for a moment. He spent a considerable amount of time in Buffalo or in western New York, to be exact, and now he's in the New York City area. And, Nora, I want to ask you, have you heard anything about Coach Dable in terms of adjusting to the culture going from western New York to the New York City metropolitan area?
5: I personally didn't, but I've been to Buffalo and I'm pretty sure one thing he's already comfortable is with the cold. I think he's I think the weather's fine. I think the type of atmosphere going from – because it's in parts in Buffalo that are city esque but going to literally now you're rocking for New Jersey. You're in, you're down in the city. That's probably like a a big shift, and especially even how your uh, your fans are, how your players are, because we all know Bills Mafia really will rally around the uh, the Bills for anything, good season, bad season, they're there. Um, Giants fans, New York City fans are not like that. They are going to rip you into shreds if things do not go well. That's just how they operate, how they move. So, I think. Itself. Even as how he's yelling on the uh, at the ref on the sidelines, he I think he's officially personality. I can say that for a fact.
3: <laughs> All right, fair enough. And Coach Dable, so far so good in his first year as the head coach of the New York Giants. And now, uh, Nora, let's move along now to the New York Giants' next game. It is going to be against an NFC East rival, a familiar foe against the Philadelphia Eagles, and it will be taking place at Met Light Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Meadowlands, or better known as the Swamps. And we know Eagles and the Giants, they've been going at it for decades. I want to start off with the Giants' defense. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. That offense yep. with Philly is rocking. With Jalen Hurts, you've got Miles Sanders, you've got Kenneth Gainwell, A.J. Brown has had a fantastic year. Devonte Smith has been great as well. What do you think are going to be the keys to victory for the for the Giants' defense to stop the Eagles' offense?
5: Uh the Giants are going to definitely have to hit Jalen Hurts, get him on his back, get because they're off. It's like how like their, their offense is strong. Their, their team, the Eagles, did the work. They did the work. They made sure they put together the team. Their defense is great. Their offense is static. It's like, so you got to kick out the leader. You got to kick out by his head. You got to go to the top. You got to shut down Jalen Hurts. If if that doesn't happen, that boy is going to throw, that boy is going to throw, oh, my gosh, so many, so many touchdown passes on us. Our our defense gets gassed quick because our offense, Get some those, those amazing three and outs when you need them to get up, stay up on the, on, the, on the field. So I'm saying, defense. This is the game you rest up for. You gotta get come prepared because you gotta bring the dogs to the house. You gotta take out Jalen Hurts. You got to be. You have to. Only way. Because every yes. like if there is no bad receiver on the Eagles. That's the thing I thought. There isn't a bad receiver. There isn't. A bad tight Everybody's just going and they will get open for Jalen Hurts. If you give it, Jalen Hurts a chance to throw that ball, if you're not up in his face, cause like, I need Dex Lawrence to be up in Jalen Hurts' face, we'll have a chance.
3: Oh, it's a very
5: competitive game. Otherwise. Yeah, it is. If people are not focused and blowing their cover, oh, that boy's so. going Oh, gosh. <laughs>
3: You're absolutely oh, right a, about that. I mean, Jalen, <laughs> yeah, it that that offense begins and ends with Jalen Hurts, and Jalen is definitely going to yeah. be the key to it all for the Eagles. And if, like you said, if they can get him on his back, that could change the fortunes for the Giants to make plays on offense. And let's go to the other yeah. side of the ball: the Eagles' defense. Recent acquisitions of Robert Quinn and Dominican Sue, also Linval Joseph. But they also got some key guys on their defense. On their defense, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham. Also, they have um, uh, Hassan Reddick. You can't forget about Darius Big Play Slay. Uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson yep. is on injured reserve, but this Eagle defense is good. And then you can't forget about Fletcher Cox, the, the KG veteran. In your opinion, Nora. What are the keys to victory for the Giants offense to get points on the Eagles defense?
5: Oh man. And that's a that's a very mean question because <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um we need a receiver. <laughs> we need to tip in a receiver tonight. That's that's pretty much the best way to put that because Clayton is going to be covered. Oh gosh. Um Oh goodness, they're gonna, they, they, they know that's our go-to. They know that's Danny's go-to. They're gonna shut down Saquon. So Saquon, you have to open up your, your running back's vision. It can't just be like you have to, he's really good at shifting. You gotta keep that shifting explosiveness, explosiveness high. Danny, it's not, it's, it's also our line. Our line has to protect Danny. We have to give Danny a chance to throw the ball. Danny interceptions cannot happen during this game. But again, the the Eagles defense is known for picking off uh quarterbacks. So we don't have we don't have the time. We we got to come hard. We have to our offense has to we gotta protect Danny. We gotta give him time. Saquon we gotta make sure we block if Saquon can run. If we if miss blocks, Saquon and Danny will equal demise for this game for us. He won't, he won't ever get chance to throw the ball. Saquon will not get a yard in. And that's, then
3: that's it. That game. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting right there. It begins and ends with Saquon. And if he can do his job, hopefully Danny Dimes can be able to make plays for the Giants. It's all. It's yeah. always a, a fun rivalry. It's always been tough and always been intense between the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, Nora, while I have you on, Giants and I don't Eagles, know about fun, it's, it's a rivalry. <laughs> What'd you say?
5: I don't know about fun rivalry, but <laughs>
3: well, I mean, it's, just, rivalry it's been fun. To, yeah, it's definitely you know heated and it's been intense for so many decades. And I want to ask you, for those that may have not paid much attention to a Giants-Eagles rivalry, I mean, so many names have been a part of this for decades with uh, Cunningham, Randall Cunningham. Reggie White, Michael Vick, also Eli Manning, Michael Strahan, Brandon Jacobs, yeah. uh, Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens, Brian Westbrook, uh, the list goes on and on. For those who have never really, like, dialed into the Giants-Eagles rivalry, what do you tell them about it?
5: It's the New York and, and Philly rivalry. It's, it's like that's where the rivalry is. It's like it's, it suits in from – um, small and goes right into football. It's like it's that's how like it's just we're we are a, we're two hours from each other, like an hour and thirty, two hours from each other, and it's just that it's a deep rivalry. So this game is huge for two reasons. It's literally like the New Yorkers. It's New York versus Philly. That's one. Two. If the Eagles lose this game, that knocks them down. If the, we for Giants fans, we need the Eagles to lose, we need the Washington Bears to lose, and we definitely need Dallas to lose. So we get ourselves back in a comfortable spot. But this also, this also sets the momentum for the Giants. So the Giants have the hardest schedule coming from this point on in football. They have, again, they have the Eagles, then they have to play the Khmer's again, the Vikings, uh, the Colts, eh, you know, the Colts are easy. But the Eagles again. So it's just like, if you can split in your division, a win a win against the top team that was in the better place for playoffs. So it's like the rivalry is even deeper now because we are actually good and the Eagles are really good. So it's just like who is going to take who is going to take the Northeast? It's going to be Philly. It's going to be New York. That's how that's what this game is showing to those who live on the Northeast.
3: All right, and you mentioned some key points about. The rivalry, not just being about sports, but also being, you know, the Northeast and it definitely being a cultural thing. I want to stay with New York and Philadelphia for a moment. New York City and Philadelphia are separated by I-95, the New Jersey Turnpike, like you said, an hour and a half between two hours. (laughs) So I, I just would like to ask you, for those that are not familiar with the cultural dynamics of both cities, in terms of the sports and the fashion and the cuisine and things of that nature. Can you just explain to the listeners just, you know, kind of like New York, New York city, Philadelphia, and just kind of like that whole dynamic while separated by uh, the New Jersey turnpike along I-95?
5: Sure. Um, when it comes to like cuisine, I like, you know everyone else in New York stays a melting pot. Like every, all these different communities, all these different cultures—they're all a part of this. So I, I love New York City food because you get one. New York's always open food anywhere. The fashion—it's still it's New York City. You get every different type of design because everybody's in New York. Philly, I love being a little about sick. I, I um I go to Philly a lot actually, um for personal use and like for business purposes. And I just say that Philly has a lot of culture, and Philly's so culture is just so diverse. It's like how New York City is diverse. That's just a city. But Philly, I will say, it's just all over around, the all around Philly. It's just like you can find something to do. Now, when it comes to, like, food and stuff and fashion, me personally, when it comes to the fashion, I don't see it in Philadelphia. But when I, when I see food, I do see the same thing, the cultural di- uh, diversity in, in both those areas. There's still, like, I can I can go from walking down the street and I can see a faux place, I can see a burger joint, a, a tea steak place, all by this looking, like, and they're all right next to each other. So you always got variety. You also got a vegan place. You got a salad place. Like, you got awesome right there. I can see Phillys lot of pockets, which I see a lot of D.C. It's, like, a lot of pocket areas where it's, like, okay, this is really nice. Oh, that's bad. Okay, this is really nice. Oh, that's bad. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of that. In New York City, I think it's very clear where things are. Like, if you go to Brooklyn, well, Brooklyn is more not more gentrified, you know, how kind of it is. So it's like Brooklyn used to be, oh, you're in Brooklyn. You know the difference. It's <laughs> like, okay, we're not in Manhattan where all the foo people live. We're in Brooklyn where it's, oh, it's different. Queens, Queens is like... A, a huge melting pot. You see a lot of um, a lot of different races and different groups all there together. But also, you see more Caucasians. Then so you go to the Bronx, you know, we're the Bronx. <laughs> you, know, you know, And then, like you have Staten Island. Staten Island's own, own thing. So it's like all these different. Like I would say in the with the five boroughs, they're like five different. I would say different. I'm not gonna say like states, but they're like different conglomerates. They're all different. They have different identities. I feel like with Philly. Which is different, like from Pittsburgh. It's like Philly's one giant thing. It's like they are, they are a brotherhood. That's what, uh, they are a brother of love for a reason because everybody in Philly kind of has the same, they all go with the same team. They all kind of like edge in the same stuff. You see more of that. Like with New York, we have so many different teams, so many different things. There's a lot of splitting. But Philly, they go hard for the Phillies. They go hard for the Eagles. Oh my God. And they go, and they go hard for the 76ers. They're, they're all in. So I can say that you see more unity there in that aspect. New York New York is going to go to war, Brooklyn and, and uh, the Knicks. It's gonna to go to war, Giants and Jets. But at the same time, at the end of the day, New York always rocks with New York. And so they always gonna rock with everything.
3: Thank you so much for explaining that and you heard it from Nora and Tish and uh it's the New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. New York City versus Philadelphia, the Ooh. rivalry that has been around for decades. Intense, explosive, and, man, it's going to be a fun one at MetLife Stadium at East Rutherford, New Jersey, in the New Jersey Meadowlands. Well, Nora and thank you just so for much you for taking somebody, time out of your busy schedule. Just for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I always expected good, good games for the Giants and the Eagles. I mean, I've been watching this rivalry for so long, and, you know, I think it's going to continue to add on to the chapter to, to these, these two great cities and these two great franchises. And, again, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the program. You are a busy woman. Let's start off with um, what great things you're doing at the MTMB Sports Podcast Network, um, the uh, the V Report, NFL Digest. Let everybody know what's going on.
5: Sure. Uh, well, right now, um, I, my V Report went from, being just on a podcast but now we're on YouTube. We are so now you can see my face, you can see me. Um and my producer, Rick Stier. We are we have a show together so he produces my show and he's on as my co host and you guys can see me talk more about uh, more about about football, more about basketball and you get to see kinda of like more of me. I brought more of my personal life into things and my the things that make me uniquely myself, you see that more on the, um, the YouTube show that you with that you heard in the podcast with the NFL digest. I'm still doing my thing. I'm still going to talk football because I love football. That's my passion. That's my favorite sport. So that's still going on. I, I'm in season three of that. I'm excited. I, I love it. I love talking, just sitting there chatting about the, the games that caught my eye for the week. That's what's been going on all my podcasts and things like that. And I'm just very happy that. The MCMV Sports Network, a um, podcast network is now becoming the MCMV Sports Network. So we're kind of more shifting towards we want you guys to see us more, see our content. We're going to keep putting out our podcast as well, but we just want to grow as a network. I love the growth we're doing and the, the way we are really entering HBCU football. We are entering more more basketball, with um, WNBA. NBA, we are really getting more involved, and you're seeing us more, and you're seeing us do
3: more media, and it's just been it's been beautiful to see the um, organization as a whole grow. Yeah, you guys are definitely doing your thing, and big ups to everybody at the MGMB Sports Podcast Network, including my brother, Rick Sincia. You guys are definitely on the up and up, and congratulations to you and everybody over at B Sports. And um, something that you're very passionate about, which is, Education and particularly helping out potential potential people that want to go to college that have um, gone through some tough challenges in life with mental health and things of that nature. Yeah. The VL Foundation. Last time we talked about this, what a wonderful cause! Just tell everybody about the Thank VL you. Foundation and the big fundraiser that's coming up.
5: So um Yes, I am very passionate about. Helping, um, children and young adults get into college or start their professional lives. And right now, the DL Foundation, we just got our first, um, child into college. That was a huge accomplishment. Not, I don't even talk about myself for that young woman because she's the first one of her, in her family to go to college. And I'm so happy that she trusted in my leadership to help her get there. She trusted in me. She trusted in my team. She trusted in our our policies, the things, the way we we help groom kids to get there. And it just it it meant the world to just hear that scream on the phone. I got in. I start school in January because I told her I was like, "You're going to get into school. We're gonna figure out how we're doing it." Because again, I I've only done I've only um had the foundation for. We're going into our second year this coming March. So I'm, I am, I'm learning while I'm doing this. I went to business school and everything, so I did do that piece. But it's, there's nothing like learning on, like, you guys that all work, that when you are, you get information, when you're reading about things, when you learn hands-on, it's different. So just hearing what these kids need, seeing the, the pockets, seeing where, um, like seeing a kid have a mental breakdown, you, you thinking, like, as a person that, like, think back to yourself as a teenager for life, you had no idea what to start, no idea where to look. That's why I'm so in to help you, and that's what I've, I've been doing, and I love it. Uh, right now we have our holiday fundraiser, which is a wine fundraiser. We are we partnered with One Hope Wine, which is a, a winery out in Napa, California, and we are trying to raise $1,000 through One Hope Wine. I understand that a lot of people I'm realizing don't like wine, which is depressing because Norah just loves wine. So I am um, still putting this fundraiser together because you don't have to like wine, but there might be someone at your job that you know, talking up some bosses. Hey, I'm being real. That you like want to get a gift for for the holidays. follow wine. One, it doesn't just go to your boss that you probably like or don't like, but also 10% of that proceeds goes to my foundation, which helps get um, kids, just like the young lady I just worked with, into school and get some scholarships. And if you don't want to do that, trust and believe. turn them on your way. You can donate at the VLfoundation.org. We have a donation um, button on our donation tab where you can donate to us directly, and that helps us, again, get to our $1,000 goals. So that's what we're doing right now. Our next fundraiser, which is going to be a gala that will take place in March. That's our big scholarship fundraiser. And we're going to be doing little things here and there, different brunches, different activities for that weekend. One, continue to grow in the community and continue to keep uh, bringing in funding for these kids. Because you start with one, and then you, one turns to two, which turns to eight, which turns to 30. And now you've got a bunch of kids that you're helping on a daily basis. Help us help them get college into a, a trade school or even straight into the workforce.
3: That's wonderful, man. It, excuse me. That's wonderful. considering just kind of like the tough economic times that we're currently in, I mean, it definitely a little yes. goes a long way and definitely your foundation is definitely moving onward and upward and definitely on the right track in terms of getting, like you said, not just uh, kids but young adults into uh, the college of their choice and that's a, a wonderful thing. And um, I, want to, I want to let the listeners know, Nora, where they can find you on social media, where they can find MTMB Sports, as well as the BL Foundation. Let everybody know that, as well as any website you want to promote. Let them know that as well.
5: Sure. So if you want to get in touch with me directly, Nora Natish, you can catch me at Nora, N-O-R-A, underscore Natish, N-A-T-I-S-H, on Instagram and Twitter, I You guys can hit my DMs. I will hit you back. And for MTMV, you can catch MTMV at – let me check it out the whole thing – MTMV Sports Network, um, and that's on Instagram, and that's also on, on Twitter. Our website for MTMV is not coming up on my phone, so I'm going to just get, uh, pivot from that, but we have um, – Again, you guys can get in contact with anybody from the MTMV sports team. We have a a huge team of super amazing sports talent. Uh, Those of you guys who saw our Twitter page, it's MTMVPN, as in Nancy, and you can check us out. Check out all of our amazing content, our interviews, and all the great things we've been doing with the community. For the foundation, my foundation, you can catch us at the VLFoundation.org. that's our our website where you can see all of our up upcoming activities on instagram you can get check out the v l foundation v l foundation all one word and that's our public instagram page and our twitter page is uh foundation v l capital v Locus l and that's where you can see some of our things we we're doing, we keep track, keep our Twitter and Instagram pages up to date, and you also can catch up with the VL Foundation on Facebook. So you can keep up with us and see what we're doing, see what's coming up, the upcoming events, and all the people we're helping the DMV community.
3: Awesome. And where can people donate one more time on the VL Foundation? Where can they go?
5: Yes. You can go to the VLFoundation.org. And then when you're on the main page, you can go donate, and you can go to our donation page. You will also see on our website, on the front of our website, is our our wine fundraiser, which is One Hope Wine. That's going to be on our website as well. But if you want to go to our Instagram page, the One Hope Wine link is there, and you just click it, and you buy wine there, or you can donate straight to us on our website.
3: Awesome. And uh, one last question I wanted to ask you, you know, food and football – go hand in hand. And I wanted to ask you, whenever you get an opportunity to go to Giants games, what are some of the foods that you enjoy eating, whether it be at concessions or maybe at a tailgate (laughs) or just even if you're in the privacy of your own home, what are some of the foods that you enjoy eating?
5: Well, again, guys, I'm from Northeast, so I'm from New York. I love a good chili. At home, Oh, my gosh. Put on a pot of chili with rice and cheese. That's your girl's thing. That's my go-to for some good Giants giant Um, what's the 1 o'clock game, your girl is eating brunch. <laughs> oh. But my magic game, I am a sucker for, I'll be a good hot dog. I am a hot dog girl. And the New York hot dog, to me, I don't think anything better than a New York hot dog. I love ketchup, mustard. Yes, I'm going to come with y'all with some sauerkraut with some sweet onion and some uh, relish. And your girl is ready to go to town. That is my favorite food to eat at a football game and at home. I'm telling you, nothing me hit me better than some good chili.
3: Ooh, some good chili. I want to stay with hot me? dogs a for a lunch. moment. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good brunch, absolutely. You know, I want to stay just with hot dogs for a moment. I've interviewed quite a a lot of people from different cities. In Detroit, Mm -hmm. there's the Coney, where it's chili, mustard, and onions. Chicago has their take on a hot dog. How do you like – can you explain to the listeners – well, this is a two-part question. Explain again how do you like your hot dog and what are some of the important ingredients on a New York hot dog? Oh,
5: okay, I got you. So what I like on my hot dog – I like ketchup mustard. Yes, I'm that them. I like if you're gonna do it, put some put some relish in. There's some sauerkraut. I'm telling y'all, I love sauerkraut. I I know it's people like ew. Yes, I love some good sauerkraut. And my dad dog this delicious. little. I love right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And the sweet mm-hmm. onion, the sweet caramelized onions that you get in the can, put that right on top. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, that hot dog will have you singing. That's a good hot dog right there. See, now chili cheese dog, that's my next, that's my second next thing.
3: But look,
5: with a chili cheese dog comes great responsibility. <laughs> you can't be at a game if you're gonna to say that right now, y'all. So um, that chili ain't the same shit that's in that pot at home waiting for you. Trust me. <laughs> so I, that's my favorite. Yeah, once you- oh, i will tell you, that sauerkraut just made right too. Ooh. Tell me y'all.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. That's all. That's always a, a home run when you got the sauerkraut and the caramelized onions. You definitely can't go wrong with that. Oof. And nope. you know, you talked about you like your your chili, cheese, and your and your rice as well. How do you prepare it? Okay,
5: I got you. I got you, Ed. So what you gonna do is you gonna you gonna make some a pot of rice, okay? And when you're chili, you because see, I like me, I like turkey, ground turkey, more than, like, ground beef. Ground beef, I feel like it's too heavy, and also, your girl, fitness heavy. So,
0: like, you guys
5: don't know, as you guys listen to my podcast, your girl gives out fitness tips all the time because I'm about getting that fit life and doing that thing. However, I like ground turkey. So, ground turkey, um, beans, uh, kidney beans, black black beans, tomatoes, onions, pepper, ooh, and cook it up. I like to put rice on the bottom. I'm like I'm I'm a rice girl. I love some rice. You no, know, not eat brown rice, try to be healthy. And I put the chili on top and then put some sprinkled cheddar cheese and it'll just melt and it's an ooey gooey yumminess.
3: And of course, any peppers on meat, you... of
5: course these are your meat. <laughs>
3: oh absolutely. You you gotta have that. You don't want that tasting dry. And I wanted to ask you, you like
5: oh, like no. peppers, Ooh. you put
3: a little jalapeno peppers on there?
5: I'm a girl who likes some spices, so I love some jalapenos on it. Like, give me that kick. I can do the um oh, oh I I love some jalapenos. I dice like some jalapenos and put them right on top and I'm just sitting here happy as a as a baby. Just sitting there smile and enjoy <laughs> my food. <laughs> and watch oh, my nice hopefully right. win. <laughs>
3: absolutely, absolutely. And uh, one last question about food. I interviewed someone from Chicago and she was telling me about how the pizza is different with the crust uh, and the sauce please. and
0: the dough <laughs> and
3: things of that nature. I, w- I want to ask you, what's, what makes a New York pizza so special?
5: See, it's such a moment. Like, <laughs> those that um, have New York have ever been to New York City and got a slice of pizza, it's just like, you know, Chicago, I feel like their pizza is more like pizza pie. It's dense. It's, you know, a lot that's in it. It's just so light, it's so light, and it's just, the crust is, that crunch, it's a crunch that makes you float, <laughs> just just floats. <laughs> um, everything's lo- lighter on a, a New York pie, it's like, you got, the sauce is lighter on there, the cheese is like, I think it's like a mixture of different, mo- like a mozzarella mixture, and it's just, it's so good, it's so good, and because uh, my favorite, I'm telling y'all, those are those that know. Uh, 45th Street, there is like five pizzerias that make literally the same pizza, but the only one I can't remember the name of it, but I know it when I'm walking by it has a slim cut sausage on it. That's what I'm talking about because I like the little like pops of sauce. I like the slim cut. The slim slice. Oh man, I'm telling you, Ed. If you want to float? That's how you're gonna float
0: because that
5: is just so good. But it's just the lightness of the New York pizza, and the crunch of the like the like the crust is a little bit crispier. Man, it's like it's uh it's more like figure food. Like you can walk around slice the pizza. Chicago pizza, you gotta sit down and you gotta bring out a fork and knife. Uh-uh. uh-uh no, I just crunch that thing, fold it up, and we we walking. I'm walking around the game, around the park, eating my slices.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like uh, John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever, right?
5: Yep, you got it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep, Don't all right. You well, wait. you heard it from again?
5: <laughs>
3: okay, okay. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Nora Natish, t- she's claiming it. So, once again, Nora, thank you so much again. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media as well as NTMB Sports. The VL Foundation, again, any website, let them know that as well.
5: Sure. You guys can find me at Nora N-O-R-A underscore N-A-T-I-S-H, M-A-T-I-S-H on Instagram and Twitter. You can um, also find M T M V at um, on their on their Twitter page at NTMVPN as a Nancy. That's our, our Twitter page, and you can find mtmv um, sports, which is MTMV sports at, um, on Instagram. That's our sports network page. My foundation, you can catch us at, um, the VL foundation on Facebook and Instagram and it's foundation capital Z lowercase l on Twitter and our website www.thevlfoundation.org.
3: You heard it from Anora Natish. She's a renaissance woman and one of a kind. Thank you so much once again. If (laughs) ever you want to come back on, feel free to let us know.
5: I definitely will. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, you're
3: welcome. We'll be back with more right after this. Former
4: Washington commander. This will be a 48-yard attempt from the left hash. nose kick is good. Hands it off to Barkley. Seat point, Barkley. Touchdown, Giants. The fake to Barkley. Jones throws, end zone, touchdown! Isaiah Hodgins! Crowd. This will be a 58-yard attempt. Here we go. Longest field goal in Giants history. It's 57 yards. Love the crowd smartly quieting each other down. From 58, Gano's kicked. Is short. Oh. And this game ends in a 20-20 tie. And they'll do it all over again in two weeks. How do you like that, Kenny? Coaches and players don't know how to feel after tie games in the NFL. I fortunately never ended in a tie because I do want to feel one way or another. I'm either feeling good or I'm pissed. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: It's an old fashioned Griswold family Christmas of raising canes. There it is. Celebrate an enduring tradition with kith and kin and hand battered cook to order chicken fingers and cane sauce. And introducing, from please, flush puppies that benefit local pet organizations. And the gift cards that keep on giving the whole year. happy 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 Christmas from Raising Cane's and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. One love. If this tastes half as good as it looks, you're in for a real treat
5: businesses need to think beyond today that's why adp uses data-driven insights to design hr solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow hr time talent benefits payroll adp always designing for people
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess haha in my dentist's office
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Once again, a big special thank you to Nora Natish, host of the B-Report, the NFL Digest, on the MTMB Sports Network and founder of the nonprofit organization, the BL Foundation, which is dedicated to helping young people attend college. And a big special thank you again to Nora for giving us the 411 on what's currently going on with the New York this. Let's get you now caught up on Week 14's most important games in the NFL. Thursday night football, the Las Vegas Raiders, Square off against the Los Angeles Rams first for the Rams they have been through a lot of changes this year Bryce Perkins not working out at the quarterback position Baker Mayfield was released by the Carolina Panthers guess what they claim the Rams wind up claiming Baker off of waivers we'll see how that plays out in this situation in the meantime as for the Las Vegas Raiders big wins the last couple of weeks they beat the Los Angeles Chargers last week, and then the week before that, it had a thrilling overtime victory over the Seattle Seahawks, and then the week before that, beating the Denver Broncos in a thrilling overtime game. So it seems as though the Raiders are getting hot at the right time. Derek Carr being effective, doing what Derek Carr does best, throwing the ball 40-50 sometimes, 60 times a game. Devontae Adams doing what he does best so far, so good has become a uh, the Raiders are starting to get the return on their investment with him. He, a lot of people make the argument he could be the best running back in the NFL, maybe the number two running back in the league, not too far behind. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs definitely is going to get some strong consideration for the league MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. As far, as far as the Raiders' defense is concerned, Max Crosby has had a phenomenal year for the Raiders, and I, guess, and I think Crosby is definitely going to get some strong consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. He's been that dominant and that explosive for much of the year. Also, uh, Chandler Jones has played well as well. Definitely strong consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. So Raiders and the Rams, um, I don't know. As far as the Matthew Stafford situation is is concerned, the Rams have put him on injured reserve, so basically the season is over with for him. The Rams, not much to look forward to. The defending champions started off okay. Stafford had problems with the elbow. I think that may have had a lot to do with his this year, but as far as the Raiders are concerned, man, they're getting hot at the right time. And this is going to be an interesting game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, just outside of L.A. Remember, the Raiders not so long ago used to be in California, in the Bay Area, in Oakland, and also they had a nice run in Los Angeles as well. So Raider fans travel, they travel well, and the fans are definitely, will definitely outnumber Rams fans at SoFi Stadium. Raider fans are all over the, the country, especially on the West Coast. So Raiders and Rams is your matchup for Thursday night football. The New York Jets will square off against the Buffalo Bills. First for the New York Jets, Mike White after winning the, an impressive debut the week before against the Chicago Bears, losing a tough one to the Minnesota Vikings, throwing an interception on in the, in the last possession of the game, and that was a tough pill to swallow for the Jets. I mean, Mike passed for a close to 370 yards, but just couldn't get the job done. So, The Jets look to redeem themselves as they go on the road to head up to Western New York to take on the Buffalo Bills. As for Buffalo, they won last Thursday night against the New England Patriots but went through some tough challenges this week. Their all-world linebacker, Vaughn Miller, is going to be out for the remainder of the year with tearing his ACL. But one thing's for sure, you've got Stephon Diggs, you've got Gabe Davis, and of course you've got Josh Allen. What's not to love about Josh Allen, right? Their quarterback, he's definitely somebody that's been doing his thing, both throwing and running the ball. And definitely, uh, Jets, Bills, this is definitely going to be an exciting game. The Bills want to continue this momentum that they have going into the world as we make this uh, run in the second half of the season. While the Jets, the Jets are not too far behind the Bills, but they have to have this win, and the, the jury is still out on Jet's quarterback, Mike White. The jury is still out on him. They're going to find out, can he get it done? Can can he be the guy to possibly take Zach Wilson? I don't know. It could be a week-to-week situation. But, you know, when you're in Western New York and when you think of Buffalo, the Bills Mafia, one of the most diehard fan bases, not just in the NFL, but in all of professional sports. And this is going to be an intriguing game, in my opinion, between the New York Jets, and the Buffalo Bills in the Battle of New York. AFC North rivals, Baltimore Ravens going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. First for the Baltimore Ravens, tough times for him, tough times for the Ravens. Quarterback Lamar Jackson suffered an injury in the win over the Denver Broncos. Suffered an injury to his knee. He's going to be out for approximately one to three weeks. Tyler Huntley... Came in, got the job done, was able to get a touchdown in the victory over the Broncos. So while the Ravens are going to be without Lamar for at least one to three weeks, the Pittsburgh Steelers handled their business. Wasn't a pretty win, but hey, they'll take it. They beat the Atlanta Falcons. So the Steelers are currently on a two-game winning streak. They beat the Falcons last week, and then the week before that, they beat the Indianapolis Colts on Monday night. As, far as what's going on with the Steelers, wide receiver George Pickens was very upset. He only got two targets in the game against the Falcons. Listen, if, anybody, if any coach knows about dealing with wide receivers with, uh, I won't say bad attitudes, but difficult personalities, it would be Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. I'm pretty sure that he's going to get this situation fixed with George. And as far as Offense is concerned, Kenny he Pickett. Hey, not pretty, but he gets the job done, both throwing the ball and running the ball. Najee Harris, Najee comes in, handles his business, do what he needs to be do what needs to be done to get get the job done, especially doing the dirty work. As far as receiving is concerned, Pat Fryer move. what can you say about Pat? The Steelers love their tight ends. They love Heath Miller. And now they love Pat Fryer So definitely somebody that's been a major target for Kenny Pickett this season for the Steelers. Again, Baltimore going through some tough times right now, but Tyler Huntley he's been steady since he's been in his short NFL career. He's put up some some decent numbers. Not pretty, but he gets the job done. This is going to be a dog fight in Pittsburgh. When is it not a dog fight between? the Ravens, and the Steelers in this AFC North showdown. We have the Battle of Ohio between the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Deshaun Watson versus Joe Burrow. Watson versus Burrow. This is the game that one of the games that a lot of people have paid attention to this year, especially what's gone on with the Deshaun Watson situation. He returned. He played his first game in the 2022 NFL season last week, had a a solid win over his former team, the Houston Texans. Was it pretty? No. Was he rusty? Yes, he was. But Deshaun, there was a lot of work that needed to be done. He's got to get it cleaned up, and he won't have much time to get it cleaned up because he's gone up against a team that's starting to get hot at the right time, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, an impressive win over the Kansas City Chiefs last week, 27-24. to 24. Then the week before that, they went on to beat the Tennessee Titans, and also the week before that, we're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Bengals are hot at the right time. They've won three in a row. Joe Burrow looking like, looks like they're starting to make that playoff run. They're starting to look like the team that got to the Super Bowl last year, Jamar Chase, is back. It looks like Jamar is working his way back into top form. Tyler Boyd has played nicely. And what about running back Samaje Piran in the absence of Joe Mixon? Samaje has been a nice uh, fill-in, a nice replacement for Joe until Joe comes back. So this is going to be a good game. I think this is the game where where we'll see Deshaun Watson kind of kick it into high gear, not just with Deshaun, but also the running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Cleveland and Cincinnati. Deshaun Watson versus Joe Burrow. This is going to be an exciting game. The next game that we have is the NFC East rivalry game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. First for Philly, they are on a winning streak right now. They dismantled the Tennessee Titans last week, 35-10. A.J. Brown was in top form. Devontae Smith was in top form. Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell played nicely. And, of course, Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position, the MVP candidate. Where can you go wrong with him? As for the New York Giants, battling to a tie last week with their NFC East rival, Washington Commanders. And then the Giants, the week before that, on Thanksgiving, losing a tough one to the Dallas Cowboys. This is a game that they really need because, remember, the Eagles are at the peak of their powers at the NFC East. Eleven and one, as this show is airing, the Giants, as this show is airing, the seven four and one. The tie could have a positive or maybe a negative effect on the Giants, depending on how the season ends. But one thing is for sure, the Eagles. You know, Eagles fans they travel well, and it's definitely going to be a I call it a staycation or a quasi home game, if you will. I mean, up I ninety five. Up the New Jersey Turnpike, leaving Philly. Headed to Jersey, North Jersey, that is, to East Rutherford to watch the Eagles and the Giants at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford. Philly and New York definitely should be an interesting matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers square off against the San Francisco 49ers. But Tampa Bay, Tom Brady continuing to be Tom Brady, continuing to have fourth-quarter comebacks, which is what he did Last Monday night against the New Orleans Saints, their NFC South rival, Brady throws the touchdown pass to Rashad White. Game over, get the extra point. Bucks come from behind the win. As for the San Francisco 49ers, they're in the middle of a five-game winning streak. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a broken foot in the game against Miami. Good news is that he he will not need surgery on his foot injury. He will be out for the remainder of the regular season, but he will be back for the playoffs. So they'll just have him going through intense rehab, and he'll be able to come back. In the meantime, Brock Purdy filled in nicely for him in the win against the Miami Dolphins. A lot of pressure is going to be on him going up against the solid defense with Tampa Bay. Not a great defense as it's been the last couple of years, but still a solid defense. So while San Francisco has Brock Purdy. They do have some players to back them up with the likes of Rashad White. Excuse me. I'm I'm sorry, not Rashad White, uh, Christian McCaffrey, also Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and, of course, the number one defense in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers, led by Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Greenlaw, Jimmy Ward, Talanoa Hufanga, just to name a few. So uh, Tom Brady. He's got his work cut out for him, heading back out to the Bay Area, going up against the 49ers. going to be a a hard-hitting game. The Sunday night football matchup, the Miami Dolphins versus the Los Angeles Chargers. First for Miami, they were embarrassed last week by the 49ers. However, the week before that, they were able to take care of the Houston Texans. But last week in the loss to San Francisco, it was reported that head coach Mike McDaniel. Suffered. Mike McDaniel said that Tua Tagovailoa, their quarterback, suffered an ankle injury, but they say that Tua is going to play in the Sunday night game against the Los Angeles Chargers. As for the Chargers, they lost a tough one last week to the Las Vegas Raiders, and then the week before, the week before that, they wound up beating the Arizona Cardinals in a close game. But this is a game that the Chargers desperately need if they want to stay. If they want to try to catch Kansas City and try to get ahead of the Raiders in the AFC West. Again, this is the class of 2000 right here with Tua Tagovailoa going up against Justin Herbert. The Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers is going to be uh, a game with a lot of, I think a lot of points are going to be scored in this one on Sunday night. Monday night football, the New England Patriots going up against the Arizona Cardinals. First for the Patriots, were embarrassed last Thursday night by the Buffalo Bills, Mac Jones played a decent game, but just not enough offense. Just it wasn't enough for Mac to come in and do his thing, and as a result of that, the Bills' defense was too much for the Patriots to handle. And meanwhile, for as far as New England is concerned, Arizona, the Cardinals, had a bye week last week, but the week before that would lose a close one to the Los Angeles Chargers, and then the week before that. They were just as embarrassed by the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, embarrassed by the San Francisco 49ers and the Monday night game in Mexico City. So Monday night, New England and Arizona, two young quarterbacks, Mac Jones going up against Kyler Murray, Arizona fighting to stay alive in the NFC playoff picture, fighting to to, catch it, to try to stay in line with San Francisco and Seattle in that NFC West. New England in the AFC East, they were once the top dog in that, con- in that division. Now they're just trying to stay ahead and try to keep their playoff hopes alive. This is a must win for both teams, the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Now it's time for my game of the week. My game of the week is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the San Francisco 49ers buccaneers quarterback tom brady is a native of california he's a native of northern california the bay area to be exact tom grew up a san francisco 49ers fan when he that he said his hero was joe montana he grew up going to 49ers games him and his parents as well as his family they enjoyed taking those drives from san mateo to san francisco to watch those 49ers games at Candlestick Park. Tom, he hasn't had too many matchups against the team that he loved watching play, but this is going to be a game where he's going to be very sentimental because he's returning to where it all started in the San Francisco Bay Area for him. There's reports that he made in this career in the in the place where it all started, where he was born and raised in San Francisco that remains to be seen but tom has got a tough task ahead of him going up against the team that he grew up watching tom currently in his career has a career record of his has a career record of two wins and one loss against the team that he grew up idolizing the san francisco 49ers now be as it may tom has got his work cut out for him. not just tom but the rest of his team they have their work cut out for them. They're going up against a team that despite their quarterback being out for the remainder of the regular season, they still have a explosive running game. They have receivers that are tough and are not afraid to do the dirty work. They have a tight end who is most likely the second-best tight end in the NFL and a defense that is just all-world right now. TB12 has got his hands full. And the receivers are going to have to be ready because that defense in San Francisco, they play tough. They're hard-nosed. I mean, they're not the number one defense for nothing. I know Tom has had his growing pains this year. It's been a topsy turvy year for him, personal battles kind of behind him. And, you know, this may be the game where the the tide can turn for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers if they can beat San Francisco, this could be the game changer for them in terms of possibly people paying more attention to Tampa Bay and maybe giving them a spot in this year's NFC championship game. But they're going to have their work cut out for them. I mean, San Francisco, what can you say about them? A power running game of stifling defense. Kyle Shanahan has done an amazing job with the, despite the circumstances surrounding the quarterback situation. But this is going to be a fantastic game, not at Candlestick Park, but at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus, San- versus the San Francisco 49ers, my game of the week. Before we get on out of here, I want to give you my picks on who I think will win the most important games for Week 14 in the NFL. Thursday Night Football, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Los Angeles Rams. I like Las Vegas to win that one. The New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. I like Buffalo to win. The Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's always a nasty game when these two teams play. I like Pittsburgh to win in a close one. The Battle of Ohio, the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I like Cincinnati to win in a close one. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. I like Philadelphia to win. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the San Francisco 49ers. My game of the week. I think it's going to start off slow. But I think Tom Brady, hey, what can you say about him? They don't call him the GOAT for anything. I think Tom will have a last-minute drive in this game. I like Tampa Bay to win this one. Sunday night football. The Miami Dolphins versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I like the Los Angeles Chargers to win. And Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots versus the Arizona Cardinals. I like Arizona to win. So my picks for Week 14's most important games are Las Vegas, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Chargers, and Arizona. And there you have it. And that's going to do it for another exciting edition of The League Wraparound. Once again, big special thank you to Nora Natish, host of the V Report and NFL Digest on the MTMB Sports Network and founder of an awesome nonprofit organization dedicated to helping uh, young people go to college. That's the VL Foundation. Again, big special thank you to Nora for her insights on what's currently going on with the New York Giants. And until next week, everybody, I'm Ed Robinson saying so long, and you've been listening to the League (laughs) Wraparound.